Welcome to another episode of Vermont Credit Unions On Air. I'm Joe Bergeron, President of the Association of Vermont Credit Unions. Today we're talking energy efficiency, an obviously big subject we hear a lot about in the Green Mountain state of Vermont. What's not always so obvious is the value of energy efficiency improvements when someone's borrowing for the purchase of real estate that's had improvements made to it. Recently, Association Vice President Brian Kent spoke about this very subject with Jeff Gephardt of Efficiency Vermont. Jeff works with architects and builders to create homes to Efficiency Vermont standards, as well as the certification of Energy Star Homes, LEED Homes, National Green Building Standards, and Passive House Projects. Jeff's also coordinator of the Vermont Green Home Alliance, a volunteer coalition of construction and real estate trade associations working to provide education about building performance and information sharing with real estate professionals. Now let's hear what Brian and Jeff had to say. Jeff, welcome, and thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you, Brian. Thanks. So, um, so now we've given people a little bit of background of uh, what you've done, and you do have uh, a lot of skills, a lot of experience there. Um, one thing that I think would really be a benefit is, is what is Efficiency Vermont? How does it work, and what are its goals? I know we hear about it from time to time, but uh, if you can help us peel back the layers and give us some more insight. Sure, sure, I'd be glad to. Efficiency Vermont is a statewide energy efficiency utility. So very similar to an electric or a gas utility, except that Efficiency Vermont doesn't sell any power or any fuel, but rather Efficiency Vermont assists Vermonters, consumers, uh, builders, architects, uh, both on the residential side and on the commercial side, to improve the efficiency of our buildings and operations. Um, It was chartered in 2000 by uh, the Public Service uh, Board and uh, is regulated by the state of Vermont and has the charter to save energy. Um, The funding's primarily on the electrical side, but also Efficiency Vermont has funding to do thermal efficiency improvement as well. We all pay for Efficiency Vermont. There is a energy efficiency charge you would see on your bill. A residential customer would be paying about a penny and a half Mm -hmm. per kilowatt hour for the efficiency services. So in general, you think about efficiency like a power plant. Um, If we can save energy for less than the cost of producing and distributing it, then we're satisfying that need, getting the things we need to do do done efficiently. Sure. And from my understanding, I think Efficiency Vermont has been quite successful. I think the the general theme is, like you said, we all pay a little bit on utility bill. It's usually a line item or a reference to it. But I think in general, if we can control the demand for the growth of electricity in Vermont, that probably puts us in a scenario that we can buy it more cost effectively and manage it. And when that happens, chances are everybody benefits at the end of the day. Yeah. And and it means that we don't have to expand distribution networks as quickly, substations as quickly. All Mm -hmm. of those things are what we were able to avoid those costs. And of course, we're able to avoid the costs of additional fossil fuel use um, where electricity is generated that way or where our buildings, for example, are using fossil fuels. Um, We are seeing, I think, some going to see some increase in the electrical side of things as we really are now starting to electrify many more end uses. Uh, Transportations is a brand new one. Now we are starting to see electric cars out there. So we're going to be seeing a shift. Uh, I've certainly seen in the 20 years in this business, when I started out, we were moving people off of electric space heat and off of electric water heating, and now we're putting them back on far more efficient heat pump, 
water heaters and heat pumps uh, for heating and cooling our homes. And, sure. and like I said, we're also now electrifying our cars. Which makes sense because I think, you know, the legislature uh, has put out some pretty aggressive goals in terms of where we want to be in the years ahead, uh, whether it be electric cars or at least uh, energy efficiency with that. You can maybe give us some brief insight on that as well. Yeah, and, and most of what I'm going to speak about would be on the building side because that's yeah. my area of expertise. But Vermont does have some very high goals, and unfortunately right at the moment we're um, you know, well behind on where those goals would have us. Um, in 2020, uh, the uh, Comprehensive Energy Plan of 2016 was calling for 20% of our housing stock to be substantially weatherized and renovated. Um, and that uh, 80,000 housing units um, uh, would would uh, be done by by uh, I think 2030. Um, that's a that's a big stretch given where we are right now. Sure, not that far up down the road. So, yeah. You know, right now for 2020, the goal for residential new construction is that 30% of homes be net zero homes, uh, and by 2030, that all homes be net zero homes. So what we are seeing at the state level is we're seeing increases in the stringency of our state energy code. Um, and of course, with Efficiency Vermont, uh, we focus on education. So we're trying to make sure that the architects, the builders uh, are aware of what those changes are coming up in the upgrade of the energy code that's going to hit us next year. Sure. And I know part of the main dialogue we want to get into today is I think um, it's been a struggle. I think if you talk to many consumers, if you talk to many lenders, if they talk about doing energy efficiency projects, it might be a new home that you want to be a green home or get close to a net zero, or it may be uh, upgrading an existing structure. We have many old buildings and housings here in Vermont. I think many people, and I was one of them, and I can share a personal story in a minute, was always under the impression of, well, okay, if I if I do some energy efficient improvements, um, chances are the benefit's going to come to me just one way. I'm going to see my utility bill go down. Uh, and most people were not under the impression that if you did something, uh, either build a home a certain way or retrofit your house to make more energy efficiency, that that would be reflective in an appraisal. Uh, and I've actually been mistaken on that. There have been some changes done at the federal level, which I think is going to open a whole door of opportunities of people now taking a look at things. I think traditionally when people looked at buying a house and you determined the uh, the value, well, it was, you know, where it was located and how many bedrooms and maybe if it had the, the granite countertops. And everybody understood that if you had an energy-efficient home, it was going to save you money. But for some reason, that just never seemed to come into the equation. And I think that conversation is changing a lot. I think of my own type of circumstance. Uh, uh, you and I were talking beforehand about our siblings and uh, children and stuff like that. So uh, I have two boys that now live out of state. And when that happened, we sold their house in Essex and I used a rental in Colchester for a period of time. Pretty spot. It was near the water. You could do kayaking, but um, it was expensive in the wintertime. It wasn't a well-insulated building. And my utilities could run $400 a month or more uh, in yep. terms of that end. And uh, after I moved out of that rental and bought a unit in Williston, which is considered a green home, I was pleasantly surprised, even though the square footage went up quite a bit, that my utility bills went down in this particular case 75%. Yeah, I almost had to double check on it. And that translates into real dollars for me uh, mm -hmm. in terms of that end. Uh, I also know oftentimes when uh, Joe Bergeron, our association president, and I go down to Washington, D.C., uh, when we meet with Senator Standers, you can 
expect at least once or twice you'll get asked if what are credit unions doing to help Vermont consumers to get energy efficient homes? What are you doing to be creative uh, for that? So before I go on too many tangents and things, give me your insight. So what's important in particular for the lenders that are listening here today to understand what should they do as their strategy? Because uh, I think many people like I was in the beginning uh, aren't comfortable or they're on still a little bit of a cutting edge of saying, okay, so if there's been changes on the federal level that lets an appraiser recognize the value of energy efficient homes, who needs to ask that? How am I going to document it? And how do we make sure that we communicate that to our members uh, to be a win-win situation for all? I know that's a broad subject, but I'll let you sure. go well, and run with it. So. There, there are two organizations that Efficiency Vermont has spent some time uh, talking to about uh, these issues. Um, the Appraisal Foundation. The Appraisal Foundation is a national organization which is uh, chartered by the U.S. Congress uh, to promulgate the rules and regulations surrounding appraisal. And um, the foundation itself has been engaged over the last eight to 10 years uh, with the U.S. Department of Energy working on incorporating energy efficiency and renewable energy in the rules and regulations for appraisal. Uh, there's another organization, the Appraisal Institute, which is uh, more of a trade organization. Um, and they have done a tremendous job, particularly an appraiser there who was uh, vice chair of the um, education committee, Sandra Adamatis, mm -hmm. of developing curriculum for appraisers and developing forms and processes that work within the mortgage process. Um, the, the Appraisal Institute has also branched out and has begun working with folks who are labeling buildings for energy efficiency, like the Residential Energy Services Network and their Home Energy Rating Index score. Um, that score is something that Efficiency Vermont provides to new homes as part of the residential new construction system, so our, our service, so that what we want uh, what we want to be able to do is provide third-party verified documentation of the efficiency that a home achieves. We want to be able to document what the savings that that home generates above and beyond, say, a home at built to the code level. So what Efficiency Vermont is helping people do is meet and exceed our energy codes. Um, the same thing with existing homes. Uh, you know, there's a lot of opinions out there, and there are a lot of people that will walk up and say, well, I've got a very efficient home. And I'll say, well, explain why. Why, why do you think it's inefficient? Well, I, I have a heat pump, uh, or I have Energy Star appliances. Um, you know, but, but what we need is we need documentation to consistent and standardized methods. So it is valid and viable economic information that can be used by an appraiser and by a lender to qualify a loan. Sure. Um, I think the biggest thing for, uh, for lenders is to look at their appraisal rotation list and make absolutely sure that there are appraisers on that list that are competent for this particular property type. Um, we all know that there are appraisers out there that specialize in, say, dairy farms or appraisers that specialize in horse farms or, um, you know, and, and, and 
you wouldn't want someone that just does normal residential appraisal to be dabbling in those two other property types. But the thing that's happening with our houses is that they are changing now so rapidly, whether it's market-driven concerns about uh, climate change, whether it's the energy code, whether it's um, the realtors also, also say, well, you know, know the science but sell the benefits. Well, the benefits are just so much nicer, a home, comfortable, warm, even temperatures, good indoor air quality. And we spend a lot of time in our homes these days. And uh, in many cases, uh, that's not a great breathing environment. So um, all of these things need to come together for a home to be considered a green home or an energy efficient home. And so, you know, I would say to the uh, lender, look for documentation to consistent standardized methods, the home energy rating for existing homes, the home energy score, Vermont profile for, excuse me, for existing homes, and uh, the home energy rating for new homes, the certifications that have a meaning, um, such as Energy Star or uh, Lead for Homes or National Green Building Standard, Passive House, those kinds of things have some real concrete goals and requirements uh, and result in, in provision to the loan applicant of savings information for that home. But the key really is to, is to make sure that on your rotation list, you've got appraisers competent to appraise this property type. And, and you've done a great job of reaching that out. And I think I, when you first came on board and started working on these tasks, that was obviously a challenge because I think there's there's some changes. One of the first things mm -hmm. is it's, it's almost like a chicken and egg approach of saying, okay, well, if we want to take advantage of the changes at the federal level where appraisers can recognize energy efficient improvements, my choice of words, mm -hmm. to increase the value of the home, well, one of the people, the stakeholders, the legs in the stool, I guess, if you want to put it that way, is the appraisers, yeah. making sure that we've got appraisers that are certified. And um, we've made some good progress, but I think uh, we'd love to see more. Absolutely. And working with the appraiser institutes to get them, you know, energy efficient green homes certified because uh, obviously that that's part of the tool that you need. And in fairness, and this isn't meant to be critical at all, because as we're moving toward this model of looking at other attributes that maybe we haven't always considered in the past, we probably need to consider a couple things. It'd probably take a little bit more time um, to, you know, evaluate a home and take into account energy efficient improvements or enhancements that we've done, as well as some additional costs. You know, it's going to take some more effort and resources by the appraiser. So uh, whether you're a lender and, and you're, you know, quoting what good faith cost estimates and stuff like that are going to be, I think that needs to be taken into an account. And then hopefully for the borrower, uh, they're viewing it as an investment. You know, if that gets mm -hmm. recorded, they've got a documentation and uh, whether it's either to estimate what their savings on utility is going to be or when eventually they may become a seller this is something they can pass along and say on this particular home it has additional value here's the records on the utilities and here's the documentation of why it was built a different way and it should be more valuable to you as a potential purchaser so yep. any thoughts or anything on that or well that's exactly what we want to be able to do is provide um, a, 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 we want to provide an asset rating uh, on our buildings so that um, an asset rating uh, that everybody knows about is the mileage rating on a car. Mm -hmm. All the cars are tested the same. We've eliminated um, the lead foot. We've eliminate, eliminated the person that uh, 
drives 35 miles an hour right. in the 50 mile zone. So we want an asset rating for the home, but then we also do uh, benefit from knowing actual use. But actual use might be different with a different occupant. So that asset rating is really what the gold standard of an energy label for a home. Um, the from from the appraiser's standpoint, uh, there's a lot to learn. Um, appraisers don't get a tremendous um, background really in how buildings are constructed, um, and the appraisal institute has a curriculum. Uh, the Evaluation of Sustainable Buildings, Professional Development Program, and Registry. Um, that curriculum requires a residential appraiser to have 28 hours of coursework. Um, there's Introduction to Green Building, there's uh, um, Solar, uh, which is a two-day course, and then Case Studies in Residential uh, Construction, Green Construction. Um, once an appraiser has taken those, actually I think they can take three courses and get listed on the registry with a time frame to finish the fourth class. Um, but, but once they've gone through that, they've got a pretty good understanding of, of how buildings are going to operate and the economics of that building with the energy savings. And, and it, while we don't really see too much of that factored in, these buildings are going to be more durable as well because we're using the science to understand the assembly and its function and make sure that we are designing out large-scale maintenance projects uh, on these homes. So it, it, you know, really it's, it's make sure that uh, from the lender's standpoint, make sure that the people or some people at least on the rotation list have a listing in a registry have e or have experience in appraising highly efficient homes. Um, you know, we have, we have a very graying uh, appraiser population, uh, like myself. Yep. Oh, I'm in um, that same group as well. <laughs> you know, so it's hard to motivate folks um, who are very close to the end of the career, but we've been working lately um, with the younger appraisers, the trainees, and trying to uh, make sure that uh, they're well situated for these houses, which... We might consider them the houses of the future, but they're here now. And, and I think that's another thing that's taken a, a time for us is that from a real estate professional's standpoint, why would you care if there's no inventory? I think it's an excellent point. So, yeah. We have inventory. Um, Efficiency Vermont has been working since 2000 in improving our buildings. Um, and and you know we've had over 7,000 homes go through residential new construction services. Um, roughly, probably 20,000 homes that have gone through some level of weatherization, whether it's through the Weatherization Assistance Program, um, Vermont Gas Systems, or Efficiency Vermont programs. Um, so there is inventory there, uh, and we are also working to make sure that data is more available. We have a, uh, a three-year project coming to a close uh, this month, um, or next month, um, which was a grant uh, between uh, the state of Vermont and the U.S. Department of Energy to create the Helix database. And the Helix database will accept all of Efficiency Vermont's data um, and then enable transfer to our multiple listing system. And so that way, 
realtors, appraisers will be able to access this information directly. We won't be handing out copies of paper to somebody to lose or, uh, you know, the, we won't be playing the telephone game as we're putting that data in and getting a little off each, each transaction. It'll be able to auto-populate just like tax data does in the MLS now. So education and data provision and helping people find those comparables out there. And the other thing that appraisers are going to need to do more than they have in most recent years is using the other tools in the appraisal tools box, using the cost method of appraisal, using the income capitalization method of appraisal. Those two methods would be used in conjunction with the uh, sales approach or the the, uh, sales comparison approach. Uh, to make adjustments, particularly where the market doesn't have a lot of homes within the geographic distribution and, and, and whatnot. Uh, sure. you, know, you use those, that additional information plus data about the market uh, to justify. Yeah. And I think those value. are all great points because from my understanding, and I'm, I'm still a novice learning on this, but that's where the changes have taken be at the federal level. If you look at the updated guidelines from Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, mm-hmm. they do allow those allowances, whether it be cost approach or other ones, to take into account energy efficiency. A couple of things I want to get your insight on. I know we've talked about lenders, about trying to be proactive with the strategy, and I'll, uh, I'll bring some of those up later on. Uh, we talked about appraisers, and I think there's two other groups that kind of put in. I guess you could put it a three-legged or a four-legged stool. Um, realtors, in terms of that end. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my closest friends, and I've worked uh, with her many times on buying and selling a home, uh, is involved with that end. And uh, and I think they're probably learning as we are. Um, can you give us a little bit of insight of uh, what interaction has been? Again, just making sure that all the people uh, involved in the discussion are, are looking and asking for the same type of things of, you know, when you have a buyer, when you're, you're, you're picking towns or those type of things, that it, it comes up on the checklist of things we should look at is, you know, how in, important or uh, when you're trying to do your budget, should the energy efficiency coming in, like you had reference in terms of documentation. Any insight you can give us of where that stands and where it's going? Yes, we're, we've uh, put a lot of effort and time into working with the Vermont Association of Realtors. Um, I can't keep track anymore of the number of courses uh, for continuing education that uh, we've collaborated on. Uh, This year uh, will be the third year of the uh, Vermont Green Real Estate Symposium. It will be in Killington this year, uh, October 23rd. Um, That will be a day-long symposium where there will be uh, continuing education credits available for realtors, for appraisers. We certainly hope to see lenders there as well um, and be happy to work with you to see if there's a way that there are continuing ed credits that might benefit lenders at that event. Um, But in any case, uh, we'll be dealing with, uh, you know, Knowing the science, selling the benefits on the realtor side, explaining how the Helix database works and and it should be up and running by the time we get to this symposium. Um, We've worked, uh, actually we've got the uh, head of the National Association of Realtors uh, Sustainability uh, Group coming out to keynote that event. Um, In uh, the last I guess it was a year ago, last January, we had 17, I think it was 17 um, new realtors uh, get the National Association of Realtors green designation. 
So there's, there's been a lot going on there. We've worked closely with the uh, Vermont chapter of the Appraisal Institute, which is now folded into Vermont and New Hampshire. Um, and and uh, about 10 years ago, we realized that uh, if, you know, we're still missing the value, the real estate value part of the equation. People understood the home was gonna be more comfortable, more durable, more affordable, all of that. But um, my own son out in Seattle didn't do some audit-directed uh, weatherization work because they weren't sure they were going to get their money back for that since they were planning to sell in a very short period of time. And then so. I think the, the other group, and this is you know, probably the tough one, uh, because I think there's always a little bit of a question that everyone's figuring out of who brings up that information first. And I think the hope mm -hmm. is if you get the appraisers, if you get the lenders, if you get the realtors, those are the three point of context. The fourth one, I think, that comes into the conversation is the is the individual, whether they're the buyer mm -hmm. or the seller. You know, uh, Hopefully, when the day comes, if I sell my unit, uh, I want to take advantage of pointing out that I've got some energy-efficient improvements. Now, standards and rules will change over time, but uh, you know, I, I've seen firsthand what that difference could make for me monetarily each month with my budget with those energy-efficient improvements. It would just seem prudent that that at least gets referenced and brought up to prospective buyers um, so it ends up being a, a win-win for all. But um, for someone who may be listening to this podcast and they're either building a home, buying a home, or selling a home, if they're trying to wrap their hands around uh, either selling a home with their existing property or buying a home, where can they get information that will give them more insight of you know where a selling property or buying property may fall in terms of energy-efficient standards? Well, um, they can they can contact me yep. through Efficiency Vermont, um, and uh, you know that that would be something that they would refer if that's you know eight 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 nine two one five nine nine zero. And there's Efficiency no charge Vermont. for that as of Char the right. That's great. And they can uh, get you to in touch with me. Um, what what we're doing is take the new construction example. That's mm -hmm. what I'm most familiar with, but. With the new construction example, our high, certified high-performance home is a very efficient home. It's, it's either a net zero home or a zero energy ready home. But pretty much we've done everything from the efficiency standpoint that we should need to do with that building. So uh, with that particular certification, Efficiency Vermont and actually all of them, the, the homes that go through the program, get a home energy rating. So that's a scoring of the home's efficiency. Yep, which is, I think is a HERS index. The HERS index, index yeah. right. Yeah. And the lower the score, the more efficient the building. A net zero home would be a score of zero. Mm -hmm. Now, you might be purchasing some energy. You might be purchasing some gas, for instance. But you also, to be net zero, would have renewable energy in the home as well and producing more than the purchased energy. So that's that's a, there are more than one definition of net zero, and we don't need sure. to go into that. But that's a pretty simple, direct one. Um, so you know, for that highest level of home, where for all for the homes, we provide a home energy rating. We provide a savings calculation for that home in comparison to our state energy code. Um, we provide um, actually quite a bit of detail, and that in that HERS report and then transfer it over to a form created by the Appraisal Institute. Uh, the URAR has one, that form has one line item for energy efficient items. 
well, you can't fit a net zero home on that one line item. So we use the Appraisal Institute's Residential Green and Energy Efficient Addendum. There's a commercial version of it as well. Um, I, you know, they, somebody could, uh, to look at the, uh, the uh, curriculum for their program or to look at uh, the addendum, uh, Google Appraisal Institute Green, and you'll go to their green resources page and can see these. So we take our data, we put it on the addendum, and then we add to that two cover letters or two cover memos. One of them is for the buyer. We're often working with the builder in that scenario or an architect in that scenario. So there's a letter for the buyer that explains why that home is a particular or specific property type, a different property type than most homes out there. Um, so we explain that and we explain to the buyer what they are going to need to do, which is primarily bring the documentation with them to their first meeting regarding the loan application. We want people to, we don't want people to be surprised. We want everybody informed about what Efficiency Vermont is trying to do and, and set this system up. Um, so we want the lender to know that when somebody comes in there with a memo from Efficiency Vermont saying that they've got a, a specific uh, high performance home, um, specific property type, and they need an appraiser competent to appraise that property. The other memo goes to the lender. So the, the buyer is going to take that with them to the lender. It explains yet again, you know, we have a specific property type, it's efficient, here's why, um, and points the lender towards the Appraisal Institute's registry. Um, you know, and it basically help people get the, the, the parties that they need competent to do this work. We hope soon to have a registry um, available in Vermont as well uh, through the Vermont Association of Realtors. They have their Epicure Energy Efficient Professionals Qualification Registry, which will be online fairly soon. So that'll be another way that, uh, that a lender could look for people with competence in this area. Um, I think the Appraisal Institute's registry is, is still the gold standard given the 28 hours of coursework necessary to be on that. Um, when I first started looking at this stuff, I, I kind of thought, well, there must be some problems with some of the rules. And so I thought, well, let's find out what the rules really are. And are there things that we need governmental activity to change? Or, you know, are, are there things that, you know, you work with, a, with the Appraisal Foundation on or things like that? And what I really found is that there wasn't a problem with the rules. Oh, that's great. People just weren't following oh, them or weren't aware of them. And, and I don't know how many times I've been told, uh, well, I can only do what Fannie and Freddie allow. Um, but I know what they allow. Right. I know what's in the selling guide. I look at that every three months when it's updated. And there's been some updated. significant changes. I think we all need to be aware of and look for the yeah. opportunities yeah. there. So, yeah. and, and it's interesting because Freddie's getting more specific and clearer about it. Fannie Mae still sometimes leaves in bit of ambiguity <laughs> in there. And I think what happens um, when there is ambiguity, people interpret things and they interpret things in the way, in a manner that best suits them, I suppose. Um, you know, there's no, pro, there's no prohibition, for instance, for using the income capitalization approach to adjust a valuation um, in, in a residential home. We can monetize the energy savings per year for that home 
it's a it's an income stream. Sure. In terms of that end, uh, in closing, um, you put a generous offer on the table. I anticipate that many of our credit unions will say, "Well, here's an opportunity. I want to revisit my strategy," and that may be. Uh, a multiple approach of uh, how do we make sure that we've got certified appraisers on our list if we're dealing with a green home? How are we going to communicate to our members uh, mm -hmm. about this other type of information? How are we going to communicate to realtors? Um, you certainly are an, an expert. You have all these. So how could uh, a credit union reach out to you and say, if we're strategizing and we want to tap into your expertise and get some insight, how could they contact you, reach you, and, and get some, I guess, coaching, I guess I'd put it that way, to help develop a comprehensive strategy. Because certainly, you know, these energy efficiency trends are not going away. I think it's a matter we need to embrace it. We need to find out the right type of opportunities. And if you strategize for it, I think we can we can meet those goals together. So what are your sure. thoughts of how Vermont credit unions might be able to, uh, to work with you and get your insight? All they got to do is call. That's great. So. Um, Again, you can go through the main office with Efficiency Vermont or a direct line to my office is 802-767-4501 or vtwise at together.net, vermontwise at together.net. I'd be happy to uh, visit with uh, credit unions, uh, mortgage originators, uh, underwriters, what have you, and, and take a look at the systems that have been set up by the Appraisal Foundation and, and the Appraisal Institute and how Efficiency Vermont is trying to do what we need to do to support that uh, uh, growth or, or learning um, in the appraisal and lending side of things. And, and frankly, um, the, one of the nice things about the Green Home Alliance that you mentioned uh, early on um, is that we are a group that got, gets together and figures out what our problems are and works together to try to fix them. Um, you know, we, we, we tend to think that we can do, maybe do that better than a fix that's mandated. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, you know, we're, Efficiency Vermont's really focused on the education side of it. And about 10 years ago, we realized that uh, we were not going to have the impact we need to have unless the real estate professionals uh, involved in the transfers of property uh, are also up to speed on this. That's great. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Hopefully our listeners today have uh, got some new information or uh, know about resources out there to help them strategize. I know at least probably uh, Joe Bergeron and I will be thankful that when we see Senator Sanders in the fall, we, we've got some new information mm -hmm. to let him know about strategies that we're doing to cooperate because uh, there are some goals out there. Those timelines are not that far off. And, and I think by working together, we can uh, we can move the needle. Um, we'll and go ahead last, and move, Oh, sure. Go right one ahead, One last yeah. plug for the uh, Vermont Green Real Estate Symposium October 23rd. We would love you're, you're going to see appraisers there. You're going to see realtors there. You're going to see some real national experts coming in. Uh, we have Dan Tacona from uh, Freddie Mac coming. Um, there's going to be a lot of talk about the uh, duty to serve um, uh, within Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which is uh, focused on rural areas and, and um, lower income. So those things should be a big help to Vermont. Um, so we really would like to, to see a lot of lenders there and help us get ready for all of uh, that. That sounds like a great opportunity right in our backyard, too, that yeah. we can uh, we can take advantage of. Um, we'll be doing 
follow-up communications from our associations to our members and other people that subscribe mm -hmm. to our newsletters. And we'll certainly reference uh, Jeff's contact information, some other resources, materials you provided yep. to us. Uh, and we look forward to partnering with your organization as uh, we take a stake in this journey together. Absolutely. Of, uh, bringing the efficiency standards, meeting the state goals, and uh, providing additional value. Uh, to our members in Vermonters. So, Jeff, thanks again. Uh, I'm sure this won't be the last time we'll be reaching out to you and getting some insights. So, uh, we welcome the ongoing dialogue we have with the organization and yourself individually. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. Take care now. Thanks, Brian and Jeff, for that informative discussion. And with that, we've reached the end of another Vermont Credians on Air podcast. You can hear all of our previously recorded podcasts by searching for Vermont Credit Unions on air in the iTunes store or at soundcloud.com. If you have ideas for a podcast on something you'd like to hear about, send it to podcast at vermontcreditunions.coop. This is Joe Bergeron at the Association of Vermont Credit Unions. Thank you for listening. <laughs>